Good morning! Hope everybody's doing well today on this fabulous and wonderful Thursday morning. Hope everybody had a fantastic night's sleep and you are just leaping out of bed, just anxious to get the day started. Man, like I tell you every day, I know you're tired. I know sometimes you feel like your backside's dragging, but hey, man, the Lord gave you another day. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in. If there is breath in your lungs, He has a job for you. For as long as there's breath in your lungs, we have responsibilities as Christians, and God will give us the strength to endure and to persevere. So praise God. He gives us a brand new day, a brand new start, a brand new beginning. So whatever mistakes you made yesterday, guess what? You got to do over today and to do things better than you did before. So thank God for His grace and His forgiveness. Thank God for a brand new day. Thank God it is Thursday. All right, my friends, who we got watching this morning? We got Tracy Little, Rusty, Paul Kelly, Jeanette Swift, Amy Oaks Turner. Just I think she just returned back from her whirlwind excursion across the world. I uh, saw that her and her mother was hitting beaches around the nation. So, and uh, uh, Darlene Barker, Angel Dixon, uh, Brandy Boyd Young. Uh, she sounds familiar, and I don't sure if I know her or not. Uh, Terry Hutchinson, Mike Hensley, appreciate you all for tuning in and watching this morning and joining us for our daily devotions and getting our, start, our day started in the right direction. All right, my friends, at this time, let's do our morning Pledge of Allegiance. Attention, salute, pledge. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. I pledge allegiance to the Christian flag and to the Savior for whose kingdom it stands, one Savior, crucified, risen, and coming again with life and liberty for all who believe. I pledge allegiance to the Bible, God's holy word. I will make it a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path will hide his words in my heart that I might not sin against God. Alright, praise the Lord for these wonderful pledges we get to say each and every morning and uh, even though uh, our constitutional republic is under attack uh, unlike uh, Biden who called it a democracy and then again Biden is a raving lunatic but that's just my personal opinion <laughs> so then again like, as I put on Facebook here today you know you scratch your head and wonder how uh, a uh, Fetterman uh, was elected but then you see also Pennsylvania they were voting for a man who died a year ago so that just tells you the uh, the, the uh, um, intellect uh, what's voting out there but uh, it's uh, frustrating, guys. It really is. I, I just, uh, I don't know. I feel like our forefathers would have rebelled for much less. And, you know, I often wondered, you know, how could the Jews so willingly go into the cattle carts? But when you see the masses, the lemmings who just follow right along, it's not, you know, it, it doesn't uh, make you question it so much, sadly. And uh, so I just wonder what it'll take. I'm not inciting a riot. I'm not encouraging violence by no stretch of the imagination in case the FBI is listening. But uh, I'm just saying, I just don't know how much more the people can take. But Oh, well, my own personal opinion, you do with that as you will. All right, my friends, let's look at our verse of discussion this morning. Now, this morning's devotion is going to be a little short. I um, have somewhere I have to be at, uh, uh, at 7.30, so I've got to uh, a little bit of a rush, so I apologize. But nonetheless, at least we can come together and meet anyway. All right, it's a very familiar passage of Scripture. 
John three sixteen through 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. All right, praise the Lord for those uh, wonderful verses. Hello, David Jackson Sipe. Good morning, and Jennifer Heineckett. Appreciate you lovely ladies for tuning in. You know, my friends, I think that, uh, you know, I love the beach. I love the ocean. I could sit for hours just watching the waves crash in. It just seems like when you look at the, the ocean, it just seems like it just goes on for eternity. It's like it just goes on forever. It just... Something about uh, being on the beach, the hot sun beating down. I, I love it. But with that said, I love the mountains. I think we live in one of the most beautiful areas in the country. I think that's why we're being uh, overwhelmed by the uh, rats and roaches uh, fleeing uh, New York, New Jersey, and uh, California and heading over here. I uh, wish we would uh, set up traps and keep them coming in, but nonetheless, that's my own opinion. But hello, Carolyn Kelly. But uh, maybe I was a bit harsh, but uh, uh, nonetheless, we live in a beautiful part of the world. There's a lot of beautiful places in our nation to visit. Uh, you know, I always want to go to Yosemite, and I always want to see the Grand Canyon, and places that, you know, just uh, nature's wonders, uh, if you will. You know, some people, you know, I could, uh, I'm one of these people that, man, you know, whether I'm at the ocean or in the woods, I just, I just really appreciate God's splendor. I can appreciate what God has created. You know, I can lay in the middle of a field and just stare at the clouds and just listen to the leaves rustle. It just, that makes me very happy, you know, and uh, maybe I'm weird. I don't know, but uh, I'm sure not many would, would argue that, that point. But, uh, you know, but there are other people, you know, used to drive them out to somewhere beautiful like Yosemite or somewhere or somewhere here in the Appalachian Mountains or the beach. They'd say, yeah, that's all I wanted to see for, you know, after 20 minutes and to try and leave. They don't, don't appreciate that. Uh, there was a uh, old man who had spent his whole lifetime in Yosemite, and he was asked one time, said, if you could only spend one hour in Yosemite, what would you do? He said, I would sit on a rock and cry, because that's all I would have to enjoy. So here you had a man who spent a lifetime there, and uh, he couldn't find one specific point that there was just so much splendor in that whole area that uh, you know one hour would not be sufficient. You know, there's no saying that says, familiarity breeds contempt. It brings about boredom. And I think when we read these passages here this morning, I think so many Christians uh, have that kind of feeling. That when they read these verses, they say, well, I grew up with that. You know, if there's no other verse that anybody can recite, it is John 3.16. Although maybe you can't do 17, but 16 in particular, most people recite that from heart. At least here in the Bible Belt, you know, you get outside this area, and not many people can even do that. And it's getting to the point now where many people even here in the Bible Belt can do that. Nonetheless, a lot of people read these verses and they don't, they don't find the splendor, they don't find the wonder, they don't find the beauty uh, in these verses that we take for granted each and every day. And I think that filters down to our own Christian walk, that we don't appreciate what Christ has done for us. We don't appreciate the high cost. We think, too, we think so highly of ourselves and too lowly of God. And, you know, and so that's why we need to appreciate that free gift of salvation that Christ has given us, not take it for granted. You know, it's very interesting that everywhere that Christianity uh, is under strict persecution, the churches seem to grow, uh, Christianity seems to flourish. But those where there, there is no persecution, it seems to, to dwindle. And I think that's what we're seeing here in our own country. That's so many people, so many, uh, in fact, I saw somebody just the other day, and they said, uh, how's your... Uh, 
church service. And I said, well, I said, uh, it's not what it was. And I said, used to, you know, we had two services and, uh, you know, we were packed out. And I said, but COVID took a hit. And he said, hey, welcome to our world. He said, about every pastor we've talked to said that it's just, you know, people just don't want to come out anymore. Now, they'll, that we, now, physically, we may not have a lot of people, but online, we'll have two or 300 people easy uh, watching or listening. But the fact is, I think a lot of people still come become so complacent in their and apathetic in their walk because they have become, as that old saying is, familiarity breeds content. It brings that about that boredom they've took for granted what God has given them. And so we need to think less of ourselves, more highly of God, and appreciate the high cost of what Christ done for us. You know, last night I was talking a little bit about this, and uh, and we were talking about it in John chapter one, verse twenty nine through thirty four. And one of the references I referred to was the three um, D rendering of what Christ's body would have looked like that would have been ravaged with the uh, the beating and the scourging that he endured and how it, it showed the very bones and muscle in his back because you got to think those whips had pieces of bone and glass in it and when it wrapped around it just ripped that flesh off. And so that's why, you know, when you see this this weak, emaciated Jesus on the cross, you know, I, I, I don't get that. You know, to me, uh, Jesus would have been a mighty man in order to endure that scourging. Remember, he was fully God and he is, was fully man. And so he felt pain and he, and he had, and so for him to be able to pick up the cross and carry it, you know, the whole time he's doing that, he's thinking, I'm doing this for you. He's sitting there saying, I'm doing this for Donna, I'm doing this for Carol, I'm doing this for Debbie, I'm doing this for Mike, I'm doing this for Terry, I'm doing this for Brandy, Kelly, Darlene, Amy, Rusty, Tracy. He's doing it for every one of you. He had you on his mind when he was carrying that cross, when he's taking that being, when he was nailed to that cross. He says, I'm doing this for them. Um, then you say, well, how could he do that 2,000 years ago? Remember, he was fully man and he was fully God. Time and space imploded and come into one point, particular point and place, time in history. And he could see you while he was hanging on the cross. Not only did he take that beat, not only was he nailed to the cross, but he suffocated. And then when he died, he rose again. He did that for you. A very loving and wonderful God did that for you. Jesus did that for you. Now you may say, why can't God have simply just brushed away uh, our sins? Well, because God is a holy and just God. And to simply just brush that away would have contaminated. It would have, it would have uh, uh, made God imperfect to do that. So as a holy God, he demanded that justice. He demanded that wrath for our sins and Jesus Christ paid that debt. When we read these verses, it should invoke such emotion, it should invoke such wonder and splendor and awe that every time we read it, we're just like, oh my gosh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done for me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for raising from the grave for me. Thank you for doing this for me because he endured that for you. You know, if it was my kids, my wife, my parents, I would walk in, across broken glass. I'd crawl on broken glass. I would do whatever it took uh, to make sure they were safe, they were secure, that they were okay. And if, if somebody like me who is evil can do that, how much wonder and splendor can that of a mighty God, Jesus Christ, can do for us? You know, that's another thing, too. You know, the Christ's humanity uh, was in play. And when he was tempted, he was tempted beyond you know, anything that we could ever imagine. There's a whole other level of temptation that Jesus had to endure. So that's why he is a God that is not separate from us, but can relate to us so that we are going through those times of trials, going through those times of tribulation, going through those uh, temptations. He can relate. He can understand. And that's why he is merciful. And that's why he's forgiving. And that's why he is loving. So that we come to him and say, Lord, I messed up once again. He says, you know what? What you did was wrong. 
but I love you and I forgive you. Now let's go on. Let's try to uh, do better the next time. You know, uh, just like my kids. You know, I I've uh, probably spanked them maybe once or twice in their lives, but because uh, uh, they, I try to show them my, what my earthly daddy showed me, and uh, that's forgiveness and understanding. Right? We're all imperfect. That's why I've told my my kids time and again. I say, you know, when you're out there in the world, I know what it's like to be a preacher's kid, and I know what it's like to have those temptations. And I know how what it's like to have your buddy say, oh, you're just a good goody or you worried about what daddy's going to say you worried about what mommy's going to say and i said i'm gonna tell you something you tell me anything about what mommy and daddy says it's because you want to please god you want to please jesus that's why you refrain from drugs and alcohol and, and being promiscuous sexually things like that because you are doing it to please god i said you know what i said you're imperfect you're going to mess up you're going to make your mistakes but the thing of it is, though, you try to live life as you're trying to please God. Don't you worry about mommy and daddy. You do what pleases God. And because I know what it's like. I've been there. I've done it. I wrote the book on it. And uh, being a preacher's kid is a lot of uh, a lot of pressure. It really is. And I, I hate it for them that they have to endure that as well. But here's the thing, my friends. When we need to understand. When you read John 3, 16 and 17, don't be flipping about it. Just go through it. You say, oh, yeah, I know that verse. I know it from heart. Just go on about it. To, to really appreciate, just like I was talking about how I appreciate the splendor and the all the beauty of a, of a beautiful sunset over the ocean or, or sunrise, you know, I, there's, you know, when times we go to the beach, sometimes I just sat there on the balcony and just, and just listen to those waves come crash again. You know, I'll be reading my Bible and praying in the mornings and just listen to the calm and the sweet and the quiet. I love that. You know, just like I like sitting on my front porch and be quiet and listen to the leaves rustle or being up in the mountains uh, hunting and, and just, you know, that's, you know, when it comes to hunting, you know, I, I enjoy the hunt, but I like just being up in the woods. I like getting up early in the morning, being in the woods. It's just peaceful and calm and wonderful and an experience to be just you and the Lord. And, you know, so I can appreciate that. And just as much as we appreciate those wonderful natural things that God has created, let us appreciate the wonder and the beauty of these verses of John 3, 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That he didn't send his Son to the world to condemn the world. God, that's what's so wonderful and beautiful, but that the world through him might be saved. That just these, these beautiful passages we need to really appreciate and to really take in and to be excited, to be encouraged about on the, when we read those. And that should spur you on as a Christian in your excitement to serve Jesus Christ because we owe Him, people. We owe Him everything. That's why we need to serve the Lord thy God with all of our heart, soul, mind, body, and being. Let's give our all to Jesus. Let's give our all to Him today. Just like I said this morning, we have God has given you a brand new day. Let us rejoice and be glad in it and let us serve Him mightily. Let us appreciate what He has done for us. Let us pray. Dear Father, Lord, we just thank you, love you, and praise you. Lord, thank you so much for your grace and your mercy. Help us each and every day to serve you well, to do your good work. Help us, Lord Jesus, to appreciate these verses and every passage in the Bible. Help us never take for granted. Let us not ever be bored with your word or with our walk with you. Help us, Lord, to be on fire, to be spurred on, to be excited for the things of Jesus Christ. Lord, say, watching and listening this morning that doesn't know you, let them pray this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. 
Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Lord, be with all my brothers and sisters of Christ who are watching and listening this morning. Watch over, guide, protect them. Keep them safe and well as they're going out and coming in. Be with our children, our spouses, or going to school, work, or play. Put a holy hedge about them. Keep them safe and well. Bring them home safely. And Lord, help us all to be excited, be on fire. And Lord Jesus, let us be a light in the sword of darkness. And let us have a Holy Spirit fire that will sweep this nation. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, my friends, I do appreciate you all for watching. Appreciate you all for tuning in. And uh, Donna Taylor, if your granddaughter Haley is watching, tell her I said good morning. And uh, I do hope everybody has a great day today, a fantabulous day. And remember, live each day as if it were your last, because one day it will be. Thanks for watching, and God bless. Thank <laughs> you.